Welcome, welcome to episode five, BC Banter on the Heights, the weekly Boston College podcast hosted by myself, Brett Ryder and Pete Collins. Today, we will look at BC's next matchup that features the Cardinals of Louisville. We'll also get into Jeff Halfley's roadmap for the Eagles going forward. And then last but not least, Pete will be unloading the proverbial clip with 20 questions directed at me. Uh, But to get us started, Pete, would you mind just kind of getting into Louisville and kind of breaking that down a little for us? Absolutely. Louisville coming off a big win, 41 to three against South Florida, puts them at two and two on the year. Cardinals Mm -hmm. uh, did lose to FSU 35 to 31, just to give you a comparison to a team that we recently played, put up a good fight. Um, So they beat South Florida and UCF. They lost to FSU and Syracuse. Uh, To dive into their offense, they're ranked fifth in yards per game in the ACC with 449 yards per game. They're 10th in passing and seconding rushing. So obviously rushing attack is where they're leaning towards in their offense. They throw for 225 yards a game. Passing, they do exactly the same in rushing, 224 yards per game in rushing. So it's literally a 50-50 split when it comes to yards. But as you know, passing should get you a lot more yards than rushing. So the fact that they're even kind of definitely shows you that they're leaning on the rushing. They're only second to FSU who ran all over us. Uh, So second is Louisville versus FSU. So back-to-back big weeks for rushing opponents. Um, They're 10th in points per game, though. So they only get 22.8 points per game. So there is a chance that BC, if their defense can step up, can stop the rush attack. They actually have a legitimate shot at keeping, you know, some points off the board, whereas we're used to seeing some pretty big numbers go up on the board against legitimate opponents. Defensively, uh, they're ninth in the ACC in yards allowed a game, 350 yards allowed per game. So they let up less yards than they actually uh, average. So they're a better team. You know, their offense is a little bit better than their defense. Fourth in uh, passing yards per game, they let up 187 yards in the air. They're not very good against the ground. So a chance for the ground game to get a little momentum here. 12th in rush yards per game, BC ranks 11th. So BC actually has a better rush defense than uh, Louisville does. 163. Yeah. Yay. We're better at hang the the damn banner, (laughs) right? 163 yards allowed a game, which is great. Uh, Like maybe Garwell can get some feet under him and actually start rushing They're eighth in points per game, 20 points per game. They let up, they scored 22 points per game. So on average, they're winning by two points. BC hopes to uh, put a little twist in that game plan and hopefully come out with a, with a win here. Got some players that I want to go over, and then I want to get your take on how BC should attack this offense. Sure. Um, they got to, I'm going to butcher the last name because I'm good at butchering last names, but You'll redeem the, yourself, buddy. Yeah. The first name, though, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can just stick to that, right? Do we even need to say the last name? Yeah, yeah. Diaby, maybe we'll go with that. That's what I'm going with, at least. Uh, defensive lineman, senior, 6'4, 270 pounds. The guy's an absolute tank. He has four sacks mm-hmm. on the year. Tied for 11th in the NCAA, but is tied for first in ACC. So this guy is a beast. And what is BC's weakness? Offensive line. So expect to see a lot of yaya in your backfield. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> we can say no, no to yaya. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, no. <laughs> I don't know, no, how to say your last name. So I call you yaya. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's another name. Amari Huggins Bruce. We're heard. Yeah, 5'10", 163 pounds, sophomore wide receiver. It's not going to light you up. Um, not a lot of players on their team are going to light you up, and we'll get to who I think might actually light us up next. But uh, I had to pick three, so I kind of felt forced here. So I went with Amari Huggins-Bruce, sophomore wide receiver. Um, no real wide receiver has stood out. Like, they don't have a say. They don't have, like, a number one. So he's ipso facto, kind of, you know, one of their number ones, I guess, 1A to 1B. He gets okay. 17 yards per play. That's why I picked him. Um, 17 yards, you know, per catch. What does BC have a trouble with? The big play, 17 yards per catch. That's pretty much a big play right there per catch. So maybe you see the back of his jersey with a bunch of BC players chasing it at one point in this game. Uh, you never know. He scored a touchdown. He lined up in the backfield. That kind of rolled out. It looked like a Lamar Jackson play, and we'll get to some Lamar Jackson comparisons here. But it uh, looked like a little confused the defense, throw it out to him. He scored like on a four-yard touchdown pass last week. It, it looked nice. Speaking of the Lamar Jackson comparison, Malik Cunningham, 
QB, fifth year senior, 6'1, 190 pounds. Uh, he's the fourth year with the team, which I think kind of like says a lot. You got Phil, I know he's hurt and 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 whatnot, transferred from Notre Dame, but he's he's got some years now with BC. Malik's got four years now with Louisville. So he's got you know some experience with the team. He's been in the same quarterback room. I, I said as you know, Lamar Jackson, he's sat next to him, which I think is important. That Lamar Jackson sure. is obviously a stud, just shredded up the Patriots sure. last weekend. So to sit next to him to get that experience, I think is vital and, and mm-hmm. translates to the game. Um, I know you were excited to talk about Malik, so I'll save a little bit of what I got uh, as ammunition. And, and how do you feel about Malik Cunningham? Uh, nervous. Is that is that a is that a is that a fine way to start? So uh, last year he had excuse me, he had 16, 16 carries, 133 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. He was nine of 17, 107 yards passing. He did throw two picks, but this has been the thing over the past. So 2021. So the past three seasons, uh, this kid has absolutely shredded them and it's always been on the ground. And that's something that in the past few years that BC has definitely, uh, that that's been their biggest struggle is the fact that they cannot handle mobile quarterbacks. So I would say the biggest, the biggest thing that scares me is him and him alone, because he absolutely tends to just go off and it is on the feet at all times. And the year before he had 135 yards on the ground over 17 carries. So, I mean, over 130 yards in back-to-back years. And then we go back to 2019. Let's see here. Uh, do you want to take a guess? Because I think I kind of already know exactly how many yards he probably had. Well, he only <laughs> he only had uh, 43, but six attempts, 43 yards. So yeah, I mean the past the past three years really, uh, he's been an absolute nightmare, and they have not even close to have been able to contain him. So the we talked about, or I talked about earlier, how the rushing game is their, their go-to. He yeah. is half, or if not three quarters of their rushing game. Yeah, sure. He is there. He is their rusher. I mean, he scored eight touchdowns for the team this year. Two touchdowns a game. That's an average. Six of them are on the ground. Two of them are through the air. So as like a quarterback, you'd think that would be inversed. Uh, but he's scoring on the ground. 782 yards are through the air. 395 yards on the ground which is the team lead. So when you go like sort out Louisville's rushing numbers, he's at the top of their rushing numbers. I think it's fair to say that as he goes, they go, right? Yeah. And I would rather have a, as he goes, they go at quarterback, you know, because your quarterback is the central point of your offense. Like ours is kind of, ours is kind of Zay. You know, if Zay That's can't cool. do anything, then we can't really do anything. But he's a wideout, so you can just kind of stuff him at the line, put someone over top. It's hard to really contain the quarterback. If you watched, yeah, you know, if you watched the Patriots game, it was super hard for them to contain Lamar Jackson. And he was just sure. Even when there was a guy at one point that went unblocked, ran right at him, and Lamar still like ran for twenty five yards. I feel like Malik Cunningham is going to do the same thing. Where even sure. if you get into his backfield, you have to then tackle him, and missed tackles is a is a new problem for BC. Lots of High tackles. Coach even talked about it as his presser. Too many high tackles. High is in high, high on the upper body. They're really not setting edges either. Nope. And that's going to be a problem. Well, he's having – it's interesting. He has seven seven 7.1 yards of carry. And that's that factor – that fact I know. That factor is in the fact that <clears throat> uh, sacks count against rush yards. Right. Whereas obviously in professional, it goes against your pass yards. But uh, so, yeah. So with all that said, and he still has almost, he has 395. So yeah, he is poised to have another big day. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he leaves the game on Saturday with three straight years of a buck 30 rushing against us. I mean, he needs to if they want to win, and I, and we're going to get to our projections for the game, but I think we both think they're probably going to win. Who, Louisville? Yeah. 
we'll see at the end. Well, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be put on the spot very momentarily to make your prediction. So, I mean, yeah. without further ado, Louisville favored by eleven points. Where you sit? I mean, I'll just go first because I'm I'm locked in with where I'm at. I'm taking Louisville money line, Louisville points, <laughs> and I'm going with the over. I mean, it's just gonna be another trashing. Oh boy. What party was pulling on you? Is your fandom pulling on you, or is it like yeah. you're actually thinking? Yeah, no, it's like, yeah. can I hate? Can I not hate? Because you're not hating. Can I pick no, against no. BC so many consecutive weeks? But you're eight for nine. I am eight for nine. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta think about. Do you want to have? Do you want to be eight for twelve because your BC hat is 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 on too tight? Well, well, I was gonna take, I was gonna take Louisville money line regardless, okay, but. Yeah. I'm also kind of like uh, the fan. The fandom in me is thinking that they might have a close game. I'm like, ah, maybe the only time that you lost a bet was when, <laughs> when you didn't want to take the points. I know. You thought Shoot. you thought that BC was going to sh- shake up Maine by thirty two and a half. <laughs> I think it was more than that. No, that was the line thirty two and a half. It was thirty two. Yeah. Drink a little water before this. So we got one and three. We're coming home. We got Clemson the week after. It's family weekend this weekend, though. I know that don't mean much. Don't mean much. It's family weekend. I'm going... Give me, give me, you know what, F it. Give me BC with the points. I'll take. Hey! <laughs> I'll take Florida State. I mean, Florida State. I'll take Louisville uh, money line. Give me BC plus 11 and a half. What's the. Uh, the it's 11, under? but I hear you. 11. So just yeah, to be clear. So... Just to be clear. All right. So 11. All right. And then the over under is 55. I'm. I think it's going to be under. Okay. So we're, we're yeah. dividing paths this week, Brett. One of us, our statistics are very similar. We're both spot on. This week, we have two different selections. So our statistics will start to become different, which I'm looking forward to, to having some difference of opinions here. Uh, let the banter begin. And, and maybe some shit talking too, you know? Let's see, let's see who, 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 who gets it right more often. Not me. <laughs> you got that PC <laughs> hat on really tight. <laughs> there it is. For those of you watching, <laughs> he does have a BC hat on. Looking through his eagle eyes. <laughs> well, since you have such a, a, a bright outlook at this game, uh do you no, have listen, a, hold uh, on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Mr. Bright Side. <laughs> looking looking through my eagle eyes, I am. <laughs> Mr. Brightside. <laughs> All we need is a light show going on. <laughs> yeah, down 32. Let's throw fuck it. Let's throw on Mr. Brightside. And then do Sweet Caroline with a with another light show while there's 25 people left in the stadium. Oh my own. We don't need to talk about that though. Yeah. What we can talk about is your Mr. Brightside uh approach towards Louisville. Do you have a similar brightside approach towards the rest of the season? Hmm. I'm at a, I'm feeling spiritual. I'm feeling good, but I'm not feeling that good. I don't see a path. So I still, I still think they're going to beat UConn. If they don't beat UConn, like I'm in a world of hurt because like I talk a lot of smack in regards to UConn. So if they lose that game, like I'm in trouble. Um, it's it's hard. It's it's damn near impossible to see a path where they do win an ACC game. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say they will. I'm gonna hold out hope that they potentially can. I don't know which one. Obviously, the only two that you could really say were Duke and Syracuse, and both of them have ended up being pretty good this year. Uh, so like we'll see. So if I had if I had to give you like an outlook, I would say 
two two wins with the possibility of three and that that's it that you know i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get nuts and say they're gonna you know they can win one or two more games and that's it yep i last week said three wins was the most likely outcome for them and i and i think now i'm almost wanting to pull it down to two i don't think three is a likely outcome i think yeah i think three is like if you're uh I think three is it's you're feeling good if you're, if you think three, but it's not, it's not three. Yeah. Maybe like maybe an injury happens that we don't see. You kind of need a little bit of the luck, like back to the domino of emotions. Like maybe there'll be like a monsoon or something. Well, there is a hurricane. So don't, don't go around saying that. I know. Sorry guys. But FSU, I think, can host their game against Wake Forest this week, though. So that, that is some good uh, news, I guess, on that on that front. Oh, uh, good for them. <laughs> um well, no, because I'm thinking you know, it brings me back to when the Patriots played Baltimore in 2020 in that monsoon game. When, when they won it. Yeah, like maybe there'll be like a like a weather game. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll maybe on maybe on the game against Syracuse after Thanksgiving, it'll be like a snowball. Yeah, but that's where we're at. We're like, maybe they'll snow so we could win. <laughs> oh God. So like that, well, well, that's a great transition into the question that I had for you. Like, are we being a little harsh a little early or are we appropriate here? No, uh, not harsh. And so this is a, this actually this is like a good way for me to tie into something that we ended up not talking about at the Florida State. So, and we talked about this uh, at halftime when Eddie Royal was talking about basically like I wish I had the quote in front of me, and it wasn't like egregious or anything, but no. he was basically saying that there are talented pieces on the roster. So what they really need to do is they need they still need to understand that they need to gather together game tape in order to put in front of you know the pro scouts in order for them to move on next year and i remember looking at you and i'm like i'm like this is like where we're at now like we're no longer talking about competing in a football game we're now talking about basically being like a combine that's going to allow people to you know to showcase like talent and and that's not like a it's more it's it's more so just like a harsh sad reality of where we are and it really just kind of shows you how how desperate the times are for us and the players that they're not really they're not competing for anything in particular it's not like they're competing for a bowl game i mean they're three and one or one excuse me one i would say three and one they're one and three so it's not like they're like oh and seven but at the same time like you see the writing on the wall this is not a good football team so no longer are these guys really playing for any sort of like season accolades unless it's like individual season accolades and i think that that's just like such a shame and that's probably like the biggest cross the bear. And that's probably the biggest pill to swallow at this point is the fact that they are where they are and just really just accepting that. Well, there's a reality. I think everyone's playing for something, but they're all not playing for the same thing. And that's where sure. we have the true problem. Like Zay yeah. and Phil are playing for the NFL and there's probably a handful of others. And then there's, the, uh, the freshmen and the, and the newcomers, the sophomores or the next year players that are playing for a role next year or to put tape on yeah. for the coach to play yeah. next year is the coaches who we got brand new coaches and we have coaches that have a lot of doubt cast over them that are trying to remove some sense of doubt and give a sense of hope. So everyone's got like this different goal that and it's not like like winning the next game at all, <laughs> which I think is like like another problem, too. And coach kind of talked about it like a little bit at his press conference where he was saying like, Gil wants more targets. It's like, yeah, he does. Because like you're throwing the ball to Zay every single time, mm-hmm. 46 targets have went Zay's way. Like, who do you think is second? If you just had a guess, unless you know. Williams. Nah, my guy, George. 23. Zay 46. Z- Takis, 23, Jaden Williams, 15, Jalen Gill, 10, Garwo, 7. Wow. 
I have I I, I have a follow I have a follow up question for you. It's a little bit of like devil's advocate. Do you mind? Yeah, no, I love it. Um, so you said like uh, Zay and Phil are are playing for the NFL. Um, is Phil playing for the NFL? He's playing to get drafted, hopefully. Because <laughs> we were talking about it last episode, right? Like he was like a first round potential, high second round. Depending on how he did this year, it would be a true evaluation for for you know at the combine or whatever. Now we're talking: does he even get drafted, or is he even on a practice squad anywhere? Yeah. How bad he is. So yeah. I think that he's out there going, "Holy crap! I need to like show some level of competence so that I can get drafted," or or picked up as an undrafted free agent my guy is tanking to put it lightly it's his fault tanking 100 is his fault but he's i tanking. wanted to, i wanted to give him the excuse of the o-line for so long but if you listen to our last last episode we really broke down some of the under pressure verse you know when he's not under pressure and he's not really any better it's not the o-line i mean it's not complete it's not let me let me back that up it's not yeah. completely the o-line no, you can't throw the whole excuse of, oh, no. Phil's not allowed to have a bad year because of this O-line. Yeah. Because it wasn't like, even the, the Rutgers game, the O-line play wasn't like egregious. It's been egregious. But not to the fact where, not, not, where we, not what we were led to believe. Like, we've been pinning it on solely on them this whole time. Agreed. Up until today. And the coaching staff has done a much better job to supplement the O line. So they've like, kind of like they've kind of like patched it up a little bit. Like it's 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 formidable. It's, so basically, like he's getting exposed now. Yep. Because he don't he don't have that built in excuse anymore. Yep, hundred percent. I want to see if uh, the commentators for the game this week hone in on that because they. The, Go. Go ahead. I was going to say two weeks ago, they were, look at how many 300-yard games he has. Look at the history that Phil has. And I was sitting there going, like, whatever. And then yeah. last week, at least they were critical again, saying Phil yeah. looks like trash. Like, even on that first pick to, to Zay, they, like, showed three replays about how it was behind him. And Zay, if he was going to catch it, would have had a slow down, reach behind with his right hand and one hand snag it. And it, it like tipped off his hand and then it was picked, you know, and they highlighted how bad of a throw it was. So it was nice to see them be critical. I want to see them be critical of Phil. I feel like they don't want to touch Phil. Well, if you like one of the things that like a, it's a retrospect thing, um, I would say the like, especially in regards to the offensive line, like it was so, I think the lowest, their lowest performance had to have been the Virginia Tech game. And that was where I was very critical of them. And it was almost, you know, I'm very critical of Djokovic at the same time, but in the same breath, in the back of my mind, I was always thinking like, I wonder what he would do if he did have a competent O-line. But now it's just clear as day that it's, it's not, it's not all due to that fact. And it's so, and that, that's really disappointing because we've, we've talked about this in the past too, like his, ultimate regression and the regression has just been so unfounded ever since he broke his hand in week two last year and he came back he's you know because when he wasn't the same player last year i was willing to toss that up to the fact that he was coming back he probably wasn't fully healthy but now he's still if not worse than he was when he came back last year yeah, we talked about it when we highlighted his 300-yard games, how he had like four of them in a row and they were all within the first five weeks of 2020. He really hasn't done much since, to your point. Like last year, we'll, we'll throw him a bone. This year, we can't throw him a bone. We were going to with the O-line. That's out the window. We're now looking at him as this is what you are. Not you have so much more potential. You could be – no, it's like we see it week to week. You're putting the yeah. tape out there. Yeah. And there are players around him that are, I'm not going to say adequately performing, but there are people out there like your guy, Broom, like he's, he's had flashes and he's honestly outplaying Garwo. Yep. My guy, Moorhead, he hasn't looked, he hasn't looked great, but I would say that he definitely looks like he has the intangibles to be good. He doesn't and, look overwhelmed. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. 
That's a great like way would, to put it. You would think like yeah. Phil kind of looks overwhelmed at times and you yeah. would think a young guy would be overwhelmed, but he looks like he's just got a grasp out there yeah. and he's throwing the ball more than three yards downfield. He's so, like, challenging. Even, he's yeah, challenging if, the defense. Even if it's incomplete, it's, it's, it's loosening him up because it's over the top. You know, like even if he throws it 15 yards downfield incomplete, it's like, all right, the defense can't just put eight in the box. You can't just blitz me every time and beat me. I'm going to throw some down there and you're going to get burnt if you keep doing that. At least he makes them think. And again, this is against the guard. This isn't garbage time. So like asterisk on everything we say because it's garbage time, but still, but still. If you put more head in, do they win more than a game or two? I don't know if I know. Because fair, you just you a, don't have the tape. It's a fair tape. question though, right? It's a super fair question. And I'm kind of interested to see if he if he does get a little a little flash at some real time. That's what, so like, that's one of the things, benched? that's one of the things that like, when you talk about the outlook of the future, like I would, I want to see, I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what an Emmett Moorhead and an Alex Brum run offense looks like. Like, I think that would be intriguing for the future because at this point, like we're just trying these guys out there and it's like my losing season, you know? So it's like, at least, I want to see what the future could look like. And I think that would be like a silver lining of this all. Yeah. So I was a pitcher in high school. I'm going to throw you a curveball. Okay. Are they going to be on the team next year? Are you worried about these guys leaving? Yes. Like what if Brooks like, dude, I'm not running behind this O-line. I'm good. I'm actually good at this sport and I'm not running behind this trash. hundred percent. And here's the, like I could actually start somewhere. You think I'm going to get pounded into the dirt like I saw Phil? I'm if not you doing look that. at so one of the one of the things that I always loved when Halfley took over is when you looked at the recruits and like who they got offers from. That was like the biggest the biggest um, upgrade was the fact that they were their offer sheets were from a lot of like other P five schools whereas like in the past like you would you know it was like you know they picked bc over like freaking umass buffalo and a you know slew of other like trash d1 schools and you're like all right like this dude's probably not even an acc player so when halfway took over and even though they were still getting three-star kids you just you looked at the actual you looked at like what they were like their offer sheets and it was like holy crap like these kids are getting like real offers like west virginia's and you know schools of that nature and so yeah i'm definitely definitely worried about the flight risk because a lot of these kids had a lot of pretty good offers from other schools so who is to say that they're not just going to be like yeah f this i'm out i would i mean i might yeah (laughs) that's funny you said that at the same time yeah I mean, you have to be like a little nutty not to. Because I don't want to you... get beat up. And the defense is really where I think I would stay. If I was a def- I was a player on the defense, I'd stay because I believe that the defense can be great under a halfly leadership. Sure. I mean, they're gonna get coached up. That's that's certain. And on your points of recruits and like guys that they're actually going out and get, not to nerd out too far for our listeners, but Nate Johnson, defensive back. He's on the ESPN 300 list, ranked 270. So, I mean, that's a legit guy. Yeah. Defensive back, and it fits right in with Halfley, right? Defensive back coach. That's going to be the key, though, is like, can we keep these? Can we keep these recruits? Does he actually get here? A lot of them, I guess, I guess a lot of them came. (laughs) A lot of these dudes came. To the Rutgers game, and it's like, nah, dude. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look the other way. Like, hopefully, y'all left at halftime. Like, holy, like, my God, man. So I was just taking a look at the list of recruits while we're on the topic, and they're really targeting the secondary, and it makes sense. It's like Halfley knows the defensive secondary. They have been too. Yeah, but they got five of the of their top ten recruits just currently, you know, and and we're we're at where we're at as far as the timeline goes, so it should be considered. But five of the top ten are safeties or secondary players, and then the eleventh and twelfth recruits are our safeties too. So of the of the top twelve, you got seven secondary players there. Yeah, 
you know, offensive line is an issue. They do have two offensive linemen on their list, um, not in the top 15, but just two total on the list. They have two guards on the list. Kind of was hoping to see a higher number there, but um, you know, they, 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 they're focused on the secondary and that's what you want to see when you have a coach that is excellent in the secondary. Yeah. And that's you want like it to they, make sense. Yeah. Like a lot of their, their big time, their big time gets have been secondary guys like Clinton Burton, who was the four star that they flipped from Florida a couple of years ago, you know, on top of like a couple other ones, but yeah, like that's, that's been their point of emphasis. And I think he is really envisioning this fast defense, which I think is really cool. You know, that, that, you know, in, in what you're, what you're kind of perceiving, it makes sense. If, if you're going to be able to actually do that, they haven't been able to yet. We'll, we'll kind of see as, as more, cause I feel like a lot of, even though a lot of these are his guys that are playing right now, but I think a lot of his guys are still underclassmen. So I think you need to wait until next year, until they all start becoming juniors before you can really, you know, make something of it. But yeah, no, I, I agree. That's, that's definitely been his like point of emphasis over the course. And, and one final little topic, we're talking about people transferring out um, and we previewed the idea last episode, but with COVID, it allows a sixth year of eligibility. Which brings up some pretty interesting transfers, right? Uh, people who might want to transfer, recruiting changes as a result of that. Uh, and like, it's just kind of fun to toss some of these ideas around in your head. Like with the draft stock of Phil plummeting so hard, does like he go, yeah, I'll take another year, maybe get myself into the fifth round. Yeah. And do we want that? Does coach want that? Like, it brings up like nine questions for me. Like I just start getting like overwhelmed with thoughts of like, no, not another fill year, please. Or does he just go somewhere else? Like, please go have... somewhere else. Let us move on and you move on. Like you need something else. Like you're complaining. Like, I'm assuming he's complaining about the O-line. So like, go, go throw under a better O-line. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. yeah. They do have, they do have another quarterback recruit. Um, Jacoby. Nah, Peter Delaportis. Oh, they got a Peter? Yeah, hell yeah, son. <laughs> that, that's what's up. I'm, you know I'm already a fan. This guy's obviously a stud. That's the homie. He's like 6'4". <laughs> He's man tall. Well, that's his, good for a quarterback. Let him see over the whole line. His offers are pretty good, too. Like BC, Kentucky, Pitt, Rutgers, okay. Syracuse, Temple, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, UNC, and Penn State. So... It's good. It's not like it's a bunch of uh I don't I, I don't even want to say like bum schools because like who the hell are we to call anyone a bum school at this point? But yeah, we don't have much pretty to stand good. on. Yeah. Pretty good, pretty good sheet. So that's that's kind of what I was alluding to before, where they're the people that they're almost like competing with, like recruit wise, and they're you know winning some of them. So that's a good one. That that seems like it has promise in the back end. But yeah, I mean to kind of bring it back to like your original question is like, are you you know, the flight, the whole flight risk idea? Like, yeah, I think you absolutely have to be like terrified of that. Because what's it gonna look like if some of these players, if they're either not buying into Halfley's vision anymore, or if they really don't believe in him anymore, like, you know. And that's a, it's a whole nother question of like, does he still have the locker room? I don't know. I'm not in there. So I can't tell you that, but the idea that if he's losing the locker room or if he's losing the trust of his guys, and if they don't believe in him, then yeah, like you're definitely going to see turnover and that's not going to be good. So not only are you potentially losing your top guys this year, and I wouldn't even say top guys because Jacobic. <laughs> you know, whatever you're losing a lot of starters potentially. And that, that brings back into you know question, which I don't think enough, I don't know if people just aren't talking about it because they're just uneducated on it or they just don't realize, but yeah, I mean, that has, I haven't seen that potential really floated around at all of him being back next year. 
just because it's a possibility, right? It's plausible. That's the only reason that I bring it up. There hasn't been any rumor or any discussion like from the team or Phil or coach talking about him coming back. Everyone just assumes fifth year. So you're not eligible in your sixth, you move on, right? That's just the assumption, but that's just not true. Consider this like Phil's fourth year under normal circumstance because he has an eligibility to come back for a fifth, you know, when, when they're normally in their fourth. I mean, I know it's his fifth. And then you have the expanded NCCA rule that where you can come back for a six year. Um, and they have a whole website. It was kind of interesting. Like I went online and it talks about who gets, you know, it's the 2019 to 20 spring, 2020 to 21 fall and 2020 to 21 winter. If you played in or a division one athlete during that time, then you have an extra year of eligibility. So it doesn't just affect like our football team. It affects our basketball, our hockey, uh, every team. Um, because it, it goes across uh, all sports. Yeah, well, you've seen it with you've seen it with the older Langford brother because he's a yep. he's going to be in his sixth year this year. Right, it's already playing a, a role in BC sports. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. I mean, I would what I would like to do is I would like to do a little bit, a little bit more research on that, and I would love to kind of talk about that more, just because that's such an interesting pocket, and it's. Yep. It's it pertains so much to this program in general that I don't think it's something that you just want to either gloss over or speculate on because who the hell knows? Um, but that's a very, very interesting tidbit, you know, that could become that that's actually, you know, it 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 definitely is presenting itself at this point. Like, is that a possibility? Can he come back? Or not can he come back? Will he come back? It's like, oh man, like. Go to UMass or something. <laughs> 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 Ugh. That's that's all I'll say on that. That's all I'm gonna say on that, actually. What because like it's like, should he, would he, should he? Yes, absolutely he should, because he's done nothing this year. So it's like, you know, it at this what point. What if it just gets not- worse though? What if it's just a repeat season and he's just like can't even get on a practice squad because it's just so bad at least where you could get a signing bonus if he just stops the madness yeah but i i don't i don't see it getting much worse than this who knows and again we we talked about are we being too harsh too early like he does he can perform better he has that in him i hope he does not, i say not that I and hope, then i fade I off at come, the end not i hope he comes back i hope he i hope he I hope he, you know, improves his performance this year. Oh yeah, we all do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if he proved me wrong. You know, like if he went out the next couple yeah. of weeks and was like kind of gunslinging a little bit and out there like making moves, scrambling, rushing for yards, positive yards, not taking so many sacks, like quit being a big baby and slamming his helmet and stuff like that. You know, you go out there and you see something, you're like, all right, Phil, I'm not mad that I'm wrong, but my projection is that we're just going to see more of the same of Phil. He's got the yips. He's got like the 2001 Chuck Knobloch yips. And that's like, ugh. it's like, it's, it's, it's like cringy to watch. Julian Tavares throwing it to first, like throwing his whole glove over there because he's afraid to throw the ball. Just bad. Yeah. Yo, I, I got a, I got a quick question for you. Are you uh are you ready? Yeah, are you ready to empty the clip? <laughs> 20, 20 questions, questions, questions. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Um, Let's I got go. 20 questions. This is 20 questions with Brett. Um, what's that's up with me. all these? Yeah, that's you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what's up with all these night games? And do you think it has an effect on the team and the outcome? That's a great, that's a really good question. I I was really just, I can't even think of the word. I was dumbfounded and cannot figure out why they played Maine at night. Yeah. No, no idea. No clue. I have no answer. I have no logic behind it. The Florida State game, that makes a little bit of sense that it would be like a night primetime game potentially. Uh, but Maine, yeah, night. Because I was excited. I was like, "Oh hell yeah, that'll be a nice like daytime." 
daytime event. Now we're going to do it. And then I, I also get the Virginia tech. Like that's like their, that was their home opener, the whole enter Sandman thing. But yeah, the main one, I've no, I, I no idea. Speaking of the nighttime, what has been keeping you up at night as far as BC goes? What the hell happened to Phil? What in God's name happened to him? Where'd he go? Makes me sad. It makes me sad. All right. Back-to-back weeks, Garo has been outrushed by a freshman running back. Will that streak continue against Louisville? No, I think I think he has a I'm not gonna say a good game, but I think he'll I think he let, let let's watch him bounce back this week. Give Adazio a grade. C minus. Future question not to the answer now. I want you to grade Halfley's tenure when he's done. Okay. What what speaking of Coach Halfley, if you were the athletic director. And you had a meeting with Halfley. What would be on the agenda? So am, am I the AD as myself or as BC's current AD? Because my answer no, for that, fuck that. Be, you're you, dude. My answer would be not to fall asleep. <laughs> Shout out Blake James. I don't think that dude does anything except nap. That's the homie. Um, I'm no, sorry. But you're, Brett, you're Brett Ryder and you're talking to Halfley as the AD. You, you tell him to spit out his gum that he's always fucking chewing, and then you, yeah. you have you have something to talk about. What are you talking about with him? What's on the agenda? Get a real haircut first of all. <laughs> um, what's the plan? What where, where are we going? So when we talk about we talked about Halfley's roadmap earlier, like I want to know, like what's your like what are you what where where is this thing going? How are we getting there? Do you know how we're getting there? Do you have any objectives that you plan on ultimately being able to accomplish? Are they actually accomplishable? Do Are we giving you the proper resources for you to accomplish that? What do you need from us? So on and so forth. A couple of the biggest critiques are, can you handle hiring offensive people that you can actually trust to run competent offenses, i.e. the offensive coordinator and the offensive line, and furthermore, are you going to are you going to be able to get us over that hump? How are you going to get us over the hump? Like what? Like what? So I if, so this season, right? It's a wash. This is that's where we are. What are we doing going forward? How are you going to rectify this? There needs to be some sort of plan, and you need to have. It's not. It's not that I love these kids. We're a family. We fight hard. We're working our tails off. We're improving. Like there has to be like an actual, like tangible plan set out that you're going to. So, so this is where we are this year. Where are we going next year? What's the three-year mark? Because so far it's been very average at best the last two years. And then this is the bottom is just falling out. So was this, was this, was this a plan gone bad for, for this year? Or was this kind of part of the process? Like, why does this, what does this look like ultimately? God, I hope this wasn't part of the plan. Um, <laughs> without an injury to Phil, do you see a start by Moorhead this season? No. Should BC care about Zay and Phil's draft status or should they care about getting the next year guys some reps? Zay, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's right. It was an or question. So you're going with that they should give the Phil and Zay their opportunities to put the game tape out there for the pros? Yeah. I don't disagree. Do you think Garwo will come back and run behind this line next year? Or do you think he's done? Is he going to take advantage of that six-year rule? No, he's out. He's gone. Why is it so hard for us to stream the freaking game? <laughs> Honestly. Um, well, one, the ACC network is kind of garbage. Garbage. Gabaz and two, 
Welcome to life as a BC fan, man. Oh, God. No one... We're like on ESPN, like you must wait till 8 p.m. Like, well, that's when the freaking kickoff is. Why do I have to wait until then? Like, you don't have yeah. anything before that I can watch. Just to let you know, I got rid of Sling, moved in Fubo. So hopefully we have a better uh, experience. Good, 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 good. All right. On Shout Tuesday, out Fubo. Yeah, Jesus. Whew. Um, little Fubo story. I remember when you moved into your apartment with the low ceiling. And we were like struggling to watch a game and you got like a seven day free trial of Fubo. That was my introduction to Fubo. And then I forgot to cancel it. Yeah. And it got charged. It got charged. Eh. <laughs> you live and you learn. Yeah. Uh, coach on Tuesday said he doesn't rule out a Christian mahogany return. Christian tweeted out a gift that said, this is where things get interesting. What do you make all of this? Bro, he'd be doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Does he not understand like the just terrible mindset that we're in? And, and now he's just out there like messing with us. Uh, I don't think he's coming back. Just, no, I don't know. I don't see it. Just rule it out and just be happy if he does. Um, I yeah. know the only tours ACL, right? You don't want to push like, that. Does like, am I, I don't know. I'm not a shock shocker here. I got, I got a, I got a uh, a bomb here for you. I'm not a doctor, but oh, I don't. No way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's coming back. Um, I know the answer to this question, but for the people, did you like those uniforms? Love them, <laughs> love them. Can I can I talk about it for a little bit? For, for I a mean, minute? so like they're returning a touchdown on us, and as they're returning the touchdown, I think like yo, but those pants. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Speak on it. So back during our golden years, when we had the the slanty numbers, we had the maroon jerseys and the gold pants. The gold pants are a staple of the football team since back in since back before Jesus, right? <laughs> we always wore the gold pants with the white shirts as well. When 2007 hit and we got the it was the it was this logo, and for the people that can't see, it was like the Philadelphia Eagles esque logo, and they they switched to the white white pants on the road. So it was the white jerseys and white pants, and it's whatever. Like they're all right, you know. And they finally went back to the uh, the maroon pants with the white shirts, and I know they did it a little bit with the Under Armour too, but man. The white shirts and the maroon pants, they just look so clean. And please keep doing that mm-hmm. for the love of God. Like, if you're going to lose, lose clean, baby. So, the bookstore is also selling the yellow shirts. Uh, you think we're going to have a, a yellow out at alumni? They should. Do you want to do you want to know something funny about that that I actually I I, I learned the other day? So yeah. a lot so they were talking about um like when they got rid of the the super fan shirts and someone made the comment how like no one wears them anymore and I forget who said it but someone made a good point so on the back of the shirts they always put like the your your like class slogan on them yeah and so I guess like a a, a a reason why a lot of people stopped wearing them is because the cops were able to tell who was underage drinking based on uh. the class year slogan. So it wasn't necessarily that they didn't want to wear the gold shirts of those games anymore. It was that they didn't want to get caught up underage drinking. Can't be self snitching. Yeah. Like, come on, man. But yeah. So- I would, I would like that. I think that, would, I think that's something that, that that's been missing. I like I like the 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 sea of gold. I think that's yeah. cool. And hide your alcohol better, people. I mean, like there's yes, ways. yes. Do better, or just like yeah. or just like don't drink. You know, what I mean, like you don't need it. <clears throat> Do something else. <laughs> BC BC underclassmen, from me to you, I tell you. Do better. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Did you see AJ Dillon try to do the Lambo leap during a soccer game and like the cop like not let him and shove him? Yeah. Yo, <laughs> like what? Like what was that cop thinking? 
Did, and then they like he, a, a formal apology. We have a great relationship with the uh, Green Bay Packers and look forward to. Blah, blah, blah. And like, here's the thing too. It's like, how did you not know that was AJ Dillon? Like, he's trying to do a limbo leap, bro. Like, he does yeah. that for real, for real. Like, he doesn't yeah. need to do it at this soccer game that he's at. Like, he yeah. can just do it on Sunday. But like, it wasn't like he was acting foolish either. No, he was just doing his thing. He's just being AJ freaking Dillon, being the man. Anyway, shout out AJ. I'm glad you saw that. First baseball game for BC, October 7th versus Merrimack. Any BC baseball thoughts? Yeah. Back to the uniforms. The uniforms are just sweet. Yeah, they're cool, man. They, they got like the gold one with the block letters on yep. the chest. Those ones are dope. Yeah, they go um, on. I don't, I don't have like a lot. I don't have like a, an in-depth knowledge, especially of like this year's team, but same. I'm interested to see. I don't know. Do they still have that same manager? Do they, you know, I don't know much him? about them. I, mean, I, I can't either. even speak on it. Yeah. Although let's, I, we let's went challenge to, ourselves. Let's learn more yeah. about them. Yeah. No, let's definitely dive into some baseball. I'm a big baseball yeah. fan. Like I, I like breaking down the game of baseball, probably more yeah, so same. than anything else. So oh, yeah. um, it would definitely be cool to get some baseball in us. I, we went to a base couple baseball, if not two, at least last year at the, the last, tail end. the last, um, the last sporting event we went yep. to before the pandemic closed down was the uh, BC Holy Cross game, I think. Yeah, it just got like too cold. It was like it was cold. cold yeah. yeah, we were like, no. Yeah, we pushed out. <laughs> um, thoughts on Georgia Tech firing their AD and head coach? It was um, how do I put this? Necessary. Yeah, that guy stinks. The only like the only team worse than BC, maybe them. Yeah. And they, like, that's that sucks. They lost. They lost to Notre Dame and Georgia by a combined score of like a hundred to nothing last year. Like, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the candidates, just as a side question, um, Deion Sanders for Georgia Tech. Yeah, love to see it. Wouldn't you love to see it? Yeah. Oh yeah. He That'd would bring cool. all those. He would bring all those kids with him too. I know you'd hate to see it, but love to see it. You'd love to see yeah. it because it'd just be freaking cool. But like, obviously, he might beat up on us in the process. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Kind of answered. My, I might have answered this question. Uh, who's worse though, or Georgia Tech or BC? Georgia Tech worse than BC? I don't know. It'd be interesting BC. if you thought that BC was worse, but they're keeping their coach, and we're looking forward to next year trying to. But these other guys are out there firing their everyone in the middle of the season. Do we, um, I don't have like the I don't have Georgia Tech's schedule and like their outcome so far in front of me. I mean, I, like I'm I'm kind of just going uh, off the top of my head. I think yeah. that BC is worse, but I, I I don't I don't have like a definitive. They're both in the they're both uh, in the basement to to put it uh, generally. So um, they lost, they lost four, real quick. They lost 41 to 10. They, I mean, they beat WCU. I don't even know who that is. So that doesn't count. Then they lost 42 to nothing and 27 to 10. They're probably about the same. I'd rather be BC. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. 42, yeah. 42, nothing, 42, 10. We haven't gotten smashed that bad. Well, we lost 44 to 14, bro. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it just felt like a lot of junk time in that. I don't know. I want I want to give them an excuse there. Um, ACC headquarters moving to uh, Greensboro, or sorry, from Greensboro to Charlotte. Any thoughts there? No, none. Good. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> uh, Sue Adams, BC alumni, went on Jeopardy Monday night, finished with $1. Is losing Ooh. at BC contagious? Uh, maybe, man. I hope it doesn't ho- follow the hockey and basketball. Oh, Hopefully wow. What a great transition. It. BC positive, former Eagle Spencer Knight signed to a three-year extension with the Florida Panthers. Any hockey thoughts for this year? I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be like, I don't, I don't know like what their ceiling is, but I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to, I don't want to, I think they'll win a trophy. That's, That'll be cool. So, so the, the trophies, the bean pot, the hockey's championship or the national championship. I think the I think they're going to contend for all three. I mean, maybe maybe not a um, national championship right now, but I think they're going to be good. 
they have they actually have a Bruins draft pick too, which is cool. So yeah, I'm excited for them. And the last question I got for you is a two-parter. Um, I'll ask both parts. Um, what is the worst case scenario for BC this year? And what is the best case scenario for BC this year? And when I say that, I am talking um, football. The worst case is that they lose to UConn. The best case is that they're able to win another game against an ACC opponent. Fairly, fairly straightforward. There, there's not much wiggle room with that either. No, I agree. That there, it's a, it's, it's, and that's sad in reflection, right? To have your best case and worst case almost like, eh, kind of yeah. the same. Yeah. I am looking to see who we have for the Tuesday giveaway right now. So Ooh. give me one second because that is coming the selection, up. The selection is in. And if you just give me one minute, I will send you the name of the person. Okay. That was the name I drew out when I put the names in the hat. Ooh. So I'm I'm gonna say his name, not his Twitter handle. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Abe Atia fan club. And at FECU fans. <laughs> so congrats, buddy. Uh thanks for listening. Um, really, really appreciate your support. Uh be sure to I'll grab your email after this and we'll get you over those tickets. So that's um that's nice. I love being able to do that for people. And we'll do some other stuff in the future. But for now, that's uh that that's the way the cookie crumbles. So congrats to you, man. Uh thank you for listening. Thanks to everyone for the support. I think are we are we are we good here? We made it to the end, man. Wow. We did it. No final thoughts. This feels great. My final thoughts is like, like, let's go. Let's like, let's give us something to work with here, BC. My final thoughts. All right. I have a quick, I have a quick final thought. It's really simple. Cover the spread. Cover the spread. Good. (laughs) That's it. Anything from you? No, uh, I want them to, to, to win just in general, but if you're going to lose, lose by more than 11 so I can be right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Selfish. All right. That's 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 all she wrote. So ep- episode 5 in the books. So this is this is the Phil episode. Is this the Phil episode? What do you mean? Yeah, number 5. Oh, Philly 5. Yeah, yeah it absolutely is. I mean, last week was the Zay episode number four, and this week's the mm. Phil episode number five. Or is it the Cam Arnold episode? I don't like that move. <laughs> look up when we when we log off here. Look up um, look up Grant Grant Adams, Boston College. He was like my favorite growing up. He was number five back in the day. Maybe we should just make it the Grant Adams episode, just so you know. That's it, Grant Grant Adams episode. In the books, number five. And with that, go Eagles. Roll Eagles.